Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit. Uh, question for you. How do you disciple somebody with emotional health coming into the church? Imagine this. Imagine having a family of five kids a husband and wife with a broken marriage. Uh, two of the kids uh, have tried to commit suicide. One has been actually placed into uh, Lower Ridge, which is a place for mental health. Um, and here we come into the church. This is my family. How do you disciple them? And that's not including the stuff I was dealing with. I had no clue what it was to be a father, no clue what it was to be a husband. And I was struggling with my own emotional health, which was through post-traumatic stress disorder from being in combat. And here we are, and we need discipleship. What do you do as a church? Well, that's what this study is. We were able to, I had the blessing of being able to go to the Equip Conference here in Divine, Texas, and teach. I had two sessions, and this will actually be broken up probably into four teachings because they gave us two full-hour sessions. And so you'll hear some of my testimony in this. You'll hear some of the things that our church did as I came and our family came into the church. Some of the things that were suggested to us to do, which was biblical counseling for our marriage. And so it's I hope this helps you. If you have your Bible, we'll be actually in Psalm 23, and then we'll also be in Joshua chapter 1. And so we'll go through this bit by bit, piece by piece through the scripture as well. So this is a teaching, just FYI. We will go verse by verse through the, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1. I think it's chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, if I remember right. But I hope that you enjoy this. So the beginning of it, again, is me sharing a little bit about my testimony, our family's testimony, and as we're coming into the church, and and just the reality of what people are dealing with, not only in the church, but also as they become new believers and come into the church, and how does a church disciple within that? And so that's what these teachings are. I hope that you enjoy them. This is session two, part one. So we left off in Joshua, as Joshua has found out that that you know that he has Moses dying and he's got to lead, and and so he's going to lead this this wonderful group of people into the promised land. And one of the things that we know is that that the Lord is not going to make a call without enabling him. 
And that's the same thing for your life is to understand like when God has used you to come alongside a family or an individual, you need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You need to be connected to the word of God and God will, everything that you need to do, God will provide. Yeah. If he's told you to do that, to walk along, whatever ministry that you're in, that's really, you know, at the end of the day, that's really where discipleship begins is in these ministries. And and it's important. So if you're leading children's ministry or you're in youth ministry or, or, or whichever ministry you're in, those people that are serving with you, those are the people that you are connected to and should be discipling, as well as the families that are bringing in kids, that are bringing in youth, that are here on Sunday. Like, it's important for you, like, to say hello to somebody. You go, I don't know that person. Go up and say, hey, I'm so glad you're here, man. God bless you for coming. What's your name? Just, you make that connection. That's half the battle is people, there's no connections. And so we have to, part of our discipleship is understanding that God's going to call you to do something. He's going to equip you. He's going to equip you. So he tells them, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring into remembrance all that I have said to you. So I do not want to hear you tell me, I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you and help you. I don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit will give you what to say. That's the, pur the purpose of storing the word of God on your heart is so when it's time for it to come out, it's the Holy Spirit that gives you that scripture or gives you that thing to say that you know that, I don't know where that came from, the Holy Spirit gave it to you. Remember that. John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So we still have these promises. Even though we're in the Old Testament, we still have the promise of Jesus Christ that he is with us. He's every person that has given their heart to Christ that has repented. The Holy Spirit's been placed inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, I, I've heard my pastor say it many times. Like, you're going to be meeting people in heaven, and they're, they're going to, first thing they're going to know, you're going to be like, hey, well, what did you do? They're going to be like, no, you had the same power that resurrected Jesus Christ, and what did you do with it? What are you doing with it? Are you just going to church on Sunday and that's it? Are you living for Christ every day? For those moments in HEB, for those moments in Walmart, for those moments where you're at the QT and, it, and it's a divine appointment. And it may just be for you to encourage that person for that moment. That may be all it is. It may be for you to see something and you go, can I pray for you? I have prayed for people in H-E-B. I have been flipped off in H-E-B when I asked to pray for somebody. Uh -huh. <laughs> I had a couple, they were fighting. Oh, I thought he was going to hear. So I followed him in. And I'm like, them, I'm praying, praying, praying. And it's getting worse. They're going through the vegetable aisle, and I'm like, somebody's going to throw an orange or something. It's going to happen. And this guy is going to lose it. And I said, can I pray for you? And she goes, no. And she turned around and flipped me off. And then she told her husband or boyfriend, whatever he was. And then throughout the rest of the HEB, they just yelled at me. And I was like, well, at least I'm not playing with each other. 
I'm praying for I'm like, Lord, you know what's going on. I don't know, but you do. Let them come to faith. Like, is that your intent when you when you step out of your house? Can I tell you, some of you, and this is something you need to encourage your 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 husbands and fathers and and moms and 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 wives. It's like discipleship begins in your home. If you can't do it there, it will never make it into the church. If your marriage is a mess, you need to deal with that first. If your kids need more attention, then you need to take a step back and focus on them and do that. The church is not going to fall down. You're not that important. And neither am I. I can... Not be here tomorrow, and somebody will be there to teach. I get hit walking out of here. Some well, if one of y'all might run me over, but I get hit walking out of here, and there'll be somebody there to teach. We, we're, we're we think we're important, right? Joshua here, he he's finding out that the Lord is not going to leave him or forsake him. We need to remember that that as we read that, he tells them to be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. So the first thing he tells them is to be strong and courageous. Don't fear. Why? Joshua's seen what's on the other side. That's what we forget. He knows what's there. He knows the fortified cities. He knows what they're fixing to come up against. And God's like, be courageous. Be strong. Was that? Amen. Amen. And he was discipled by Moses. And you go, but there was no discipleship back then. It was. It was. It was there then. And and so we see, he tells them, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. He's he's telling them, like, look, there's already victory. There's already victory. Too many Christians are not living in victory, you're playing victim. You 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 step out in victory. You step out in victory. And and one of the things that I love is is he's given them the promise. He tells them in, in Genesis chapter 28, verse 15 through 16, it says, Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. This is the moment for Jacob when he realizes God's promise for himself. For himself. It's sad because this is where a lot of our kids and our youth are at and our, and our young adults, is they come to church because you came to church. Because that's what we always did. But there has to be a moment, just like Jacob, where you, it becomes yours. It's not mom and dad's. It's not Theo and Thea's. That's their faith. I go to church because they went to church. It's, it's understanding that at that moment, it, that promise is real. And, and for us, understanding is that we are to trust the Lord with all of our heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Do you understand? I did not know anything about the word of God. The first Bible I ever picked up was the King James Bible. Lord, help me. <laughs> I had an Alabama education, high school. Alabama's not, they're doing better. Because <laughs> California's making a mess. So Alabama, moving up the charts. 
and education. But I could understand this verse. I knew what it was to lean on my own understanding. and I knew the mess that it made. So the first thing I started doing is I go, okay, wait a minute, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not what Mike wants to do. What do you want me to do in this situation? Sometimes when somebody comes into your life, they don't understand the Bible. You cannot throw out Christianese to them. Okay? You got to break it down. You got to simplify it. And what I mean by that is you're still, you're still, you know the theology. You know who God is. You know that his attributes is he's just, he's holy, he's grace, he's love, he's mercy. You know all those things. But you're getting them to where they're still starting to have an understanding. You help them build their foundation. And part of that, the first thing is you need to start trusting God and stop leaning on your own understanding. And he tells them in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore their fathers. And, and you know, as he continues to tell them, be strong and courageous, one of the things that we need to realize is that our our strength and our courage come from being obedient to God. That's where you that's where your foundation needs to begin, is an obedience to God. When you have somebody who is, you know, he's telling Joshua over and over, be strong and courageous, it's because Joshua is fearful. And what comes with fear? Anxiety. Anxiety can cause depression. All kinds of stuff can happen from fear. When we don't have the reverence and the fear of God, we're in, we're in big trouble. But one of the things that we do need to understand, and I was telling our church this this past week, that was actually, we spent three weeks going through chapter three of Verse Thessalonians. Because I love that book. It's, it's sharing the gospel. It's discipleship. It's afflictions. And it's prayers. And that's what Paul, Paul was like, hey, in First Thessalonians chapter three, verses three through five, and y'all need to catch this because y'all need to know this. So when you have that person in front of you that's discipled, that you're discipling and they start going through afflictions because they're going to go through them and you're going to go through them. Paul says that no one be moved by these afflictions for you yourself know that we are destined for this, destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand we were to suffer afflictions just as it's to come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. So Paul tells the early church in Thessalonica, you're appointed for afflictions. Now, anybody over the age of 60 goes, I got that. I understand that one every day. So because you have that experience and you've been through it, you know what death is, you know what it is. You know, it's like to have a child overdose or lose a, a family member unexpectedly. You should be able to walk with that family. We're kidding ourselves if we don't let the church know, hey, we're going to go through afflictions. We're going to. I, I told the church, hey, 2024 looks like it's going to be a afflictions. And if the church is not prepared for it, you need to wake up. <coughs> Good thing about it is going in at the throne of Jesus. Yes. Very much so. But it says the reason why he's worried about them is because the tempter had tempted you. He's worried about Satan. Because what happens when somebody is new in your church, right? They're new in your church. They come in new to your church. And 
they're going through afflictions. What happens when people are going through afflictions? They come to church, right? They show up at church. You need to understand that the Satan is trying to pull them back. The tempter is trying to tempt them as well. And 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 so we we have to be willing to talk about that. What what do we have when we have afflictions? Well, one of the things that afflictions do, it actually proves whether or not your faith is real. Are you opposed, as the kids would say? Is it faith or is it real? When somebody said with afflictions, you find out. When we lost Tony this past year in September, I was on my way to the dock because I was sick. Coming back from the dock, I get the phone call from from his wife, and she's like, can you pray? Tony's on his way to the hospital. It's like, yes, let me pray for you. And, and I prayed for her over the phone. 15 minutes later, I get the next phone call. It's from the daughter, and I hear crying in the background. We need you right now. All right, what hospital are you at? Show up at the Baptist Hospital downtown. I get into the emergency room, and nobody's there. So I'm thinking maybe they had to crack Tony's chest open because he was having little blood pressure stuff that was already there. Chaplain comes out, and I know we're in trouble. I watch his wife. As everybody wailed in that room, you know how David encourages himself? I watched that woman on her knees quoting scripture after scripture after scripture. And I was blown away. She was, God was walking her through that in that moment. And we, chaplain looks at me and I'm like, I was blown away. And so her faith, oh, it got proved that day. Now, she was in a great deal of pain through that affliction, but man, her faith stood out. It stood out to that chaplain and to me. It also helps you to encourage and comfort others. The affliction that you, you, that you go through, God is saying, I'm going to use that specifically. You may have gone through something very specific, and God brings that person into your life so you can disciple them and help them through that affliction. God has given you that the, the beauty of that is like, yeah, it was painful. It was, man, I can't even remember going through that. But you have somebody in front of you that's going through the exact same thing. That's the beauty of Christ. The Holy Spirit that pairs you together. And you're there to disciple them and, and help them through that affliction. Because you can encourage them. I've been through that. I know what that's like. You can walk with them. You know, afflictions also make us very passionate about spreading the gospel. You ever seen somebody who almost died? They're telling everybody about Jesus, right? They're telling everybody about Jesus. Anybody they come to, nurse comes in the room, I'm telling you about Jesus. Like they, there's a, there's a fire that's been lit back up again. And then it also makes us relook at the things that are important in our life and things that need to go. You go through an affliction and some friends got to go. You go through an affliction and my, my kids are priority. My job is not. We, we start looking at things differently. God allows us to do that. But let me tell you something. When you're discipling somebody, affliction is part of the fallen world. And you need to be able to explain that to them. Sin entered this world. This world was perfect. Perfect. Illness, wars, death. But Christ defeated all of that. And afflictions can also be a direct attack from Satan because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
One of the biggest things that you need to do when somebody is going through afflictions is in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. This was the second verse I was able to understand as a Christian. This was the second one I learned and I held on to was Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. If then of you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. To be strong and courageous as Joshua was being asked to do, the first thing that has to happen is we need to look up. So when somebody comes into your life and you go, man, I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen, how to fix this, but let's look up. Let's go to God. Because I believe in, in, in everything that we do as followers of Christ, God will put doctors in place. God will put nurses. God will put specific counseling in place. God will do whatever God needs to do for that person. But you need to go to him first. And what a great, great disciple you will be by teaching them to go to God first. Not to the world. We look to the world too much. You are supposed to have a biblical worldview. So for you, when you when you look at this world, it should be through the lens of this, right? Through the Bible. Yes, God can bring medicine. God can put doctors in place. I'm, I'm a direct example of that. I'm not even supposed to be walking. I don't have, I, if I go down on the ground, I have to have help coming up. I don't have the muscles in my legs there. I have medicine that I have to take in the afternoon. During lunchtime, that's where I went. Because if not, I can't walk the rest of the day. I don't care. One life, man. Let's, let's get it. At the end of the day, God's provided it. Thank you. Right? Look up. I'm like, hey, doctors figured it out in 2009. I wasn't walking. I wasn't functioning. They thought I had cancer of the nerves. God didn't allow that. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 